All right, so for this episode, I really have to give a big shout out to Michael and Maria. Why? So they were actually, well, Maria specifically, was the first person to fly down and do a live interview with the Down to Business podcast. Now, keep in mind, we've done a host of live interviews. We've traveled to Charlotte, North Carolina. We've even had some in the Tampa area, but never had anyone leave their respective location, come down to Tampa and really make things happen. So was very excited to sit down and chat with her all things Homebody Designs. And you know me, you know I'm big on names, you know I'm big on spelling. So we got into that and I'm sure you'll be very interested into how she was able to come up with that. But on top of that, we really talked about her love and her adoration for all things fashion, particularly how at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, she really transitioned from fashion design to interior design and how with Homebody, she's really able to curate any type of vibe that you need, whether it be in a home, whether it be in an office, any space that you want to live, jazz enough, spruce up a little bit, Maria and Homebody can make it happen for you. So without further ado, enjoy episode 134, Passion for Fashion. What's going on, everybody? Just want to welcome you back to another episode of the Down to Business podcast here with Tamar Turner. Look, it's live again. Look, I'm telling y'all, we are definitely moving more so in that live direction. I told y'all very early on when we started the podcast that honestly, if I could have this my way, we'd make everything live. I love that. You know, that face to face, just the intimacy, just being able to see people real time, even able to hit them, elbow them a little bit, do whatever you got to do. But essentially, I'm very excited for today's interview. I really have to, you know, all my boy Mike. Pisca post some, you know, uh, an honorary shout out for this one. He was definitely able to connect me. I'm sitting down with Maria today, his fiance, and he, he he shot me a text and he was basically just like, look, would love to have her on, would love to make things happen. I said, okay, I'll shoot you my scheduling link. We'll make it happen. He said, what if we pulled up? I said, word? I said, let's, well, so, so they are literally making history. They are the first people on the podcast to one, come to Tampa to do a live interview but to even present that to me. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Somebody who I went to high school with, somebody who I played football with, somebody who was a terror on that football field, was a terror on the baseball field. So very excited to be sitting down with his fiance today and really get into all things that she does because I know she can help some of y'all. She honestly can help me. I need to get a little <laughs> bit of things together. I just moved into a new spot not too long ago. So I might have to pick her brain a little bit, get her expertise. So Maria, how are you doing today? How's I'm everything? doing great. I am honored to be making history, but also I'm just happy to be in sunny, warm Tampa, Florida. Come on now. And if y'all can't see behind me, look, the trees are glowing, the trees are flourishing. <laughs> it's it's a little after five, so pretty soon it'll be coming down. But nonetheless, it was 80 degrees here today. I don't really know where you are and what you're doing, but... A lot of my people up in Philly, I know y'all cold. I'm sorry. I'm sending y'all some well wishes. No but complaints here. It's all good. It's sunny in Tampa. <laughs> so you know where to pull up to if you need be. But nonetheless, very excited for this interview. Very excited to get into all things that she does and really how she can help you out, how you can tap in with her, pick her brain and get her expertise. So Maria, yeah. I know we're going to be having a host of people. I know Mike and you, you guys are very popular individuals. Um, you guys have been moving all around just between Philly, Jersey, the tri-state area, everything like that. So we'll have some people from your side. We'll have some people from my side, but we'll have some newcomers. I feel like we got a big audience in front of us today. I'm just I'm feeling good. So one, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? And then two, can you just tell us what brings you on the podcast today? Yes, absolutely. So thank you again for having me on. Um, a little bit about myself professionally. So I have a background in fashion design. I went to Philadelphia University. I absolutely loved everything that I did in school. I'm definitely a creative brain. So that's what fulfills me. Um, but after five years of working in the industry, I noticed that my love for fashion was on the opposite side, purchasing the clothes, not necessarily being behind the scenes of making the clothes. 
And as I started to drift away from that profession, I started to fulfill myself creatively in interior design. So I started doing projects for family, friends, really anything I could get my hands on just to flex that muscle. Um, And to my surprise, there were a lot of parallels between fashion design and interior design. So between sourcing color palettes and fabrics and things along those lines, it really allowed for me to feel as though it wouldn't be as much of a culture shock shifting career paths. So, so far it's been great. And I am happy that it's been as seamless as it has. Gotcha. And cause I mean, honestly, that's a, that's a good point that you make talking, just talking about seamlessness, because a lot of times switching career paths, switching interests, having one passion or hobby, and then kind of trying to translate that to mm-hmm. another, it's not the easiest thing to do. But especially when you when you love what you do, I think that it, it kind of propels you a little bit more, gives you a little bit more motivation, makes that happen. So Definitely. with fashion, with anything, everybody, you know, there's a lot of perspectives out there. There's a lot of opinions. There's just a yes. lot of, you know, people like what they like, preferences and everything like that. So I could imagine that with what you do, you've worked with a host of different people, a host of people Definitely. who may be indecisive a little bit, a host of people who may want one thing now and then they may switch it up when you give them some options and everything like that. So as you talk about the seamless transition for you, though, what have been some things that you've really noticed that are different just about moving into interior design, moving away from necessarily clothing and buying the fabric and sourcing things yes. to really getting into design and actually putting things in people's homes and giving them, you know, insight and expertise. Absolutely. You've touched on a huge one, which is interacting with the public opposed to being at a desk, working behind the production of a product. So I would say when you're working with the public, that includes many different personalities, preferences, and to be at add the layer of someone's home, which is such like a personal, intimate space that they are all day, every day, for the most part, spending a lot of their time now. Um, So I think really building trust with those clients and allowing them to know, like, I'm on their team. I'm just guiding them to what they want and helping them fulfill the vision of their space while making it feel like them. Not not imposing my style on them as much. But the goal ultimately would be that my clientele is built based on the work that I do and what people seek in my style. And and honestly, I think that's a great point, too, because a lot of times when you think about product or service driven businesses, Mm -hmm. you always think about or you always just have that thought in the back of your head about somebody trying to sell you something or somebody just trying to make a quick buck or somebody. Mm -hmm. even. I feel like honestly, just a side note, I feel like I've used the term (laughs) quick buck in my last three interviews. So I'm sorry, but it's just something that's 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 just is resonating with me, y'all. So just just stick with me. I don't know if I'm getting old and whatever, but quick buck is really just it's it's making it happen. So but nonetheless, you know, sometimes it's hard to differentiate between when somebody really has your best interest Mm -hmm. in mind versus when I'm just trying to do something for me or just trying to make things happen. But the fact that, you know, like you said, it's about really getting to know that person, really sitting down, breaking with mm-hmm. them, having those conversations. And it's not just about, OK, well, here's what I can do for you. Here's what I can offer. No, sometimes you really have to let them talk, take a step back and just Definitely. listen. And I think that that's so important. I think that that will really differentiate the experience that you have, the recommendations that you may get, the clientele, just people, you know, the testimony. Because I read I read some of those testimonials now. <laughs> they, they speak very highly of you. And I'm not saying that I doubt you, but it's also saying that you, you've done really great work. But I know that that's not the easiest thing to do. So I love that. But OK, so let's take it a, a step further now. So I'm thinking about what you do interior. 
is this only homes? Do you do all types? Do you do like apartments? Do you do corporate spaces? Are, are there any things kind of you don't touch? Are you kind of just open to everything? What does that really look like when people kind of come to you to source opinions? Definitely. That's a good point to bring up. So being at year two in my business and obviously really wanting to build my portfolio, getting my hands on unique projects, I have taken on in the past year a corporate space, which was something so unique, something I never thought I would do always thought residential that's where interior design focus is for the most part but I actually loved the way that that widened my horizons of work it was kind of making it homey and relaxed and approachable from an office perspective that really is something we're seeing a lot of now how to bring people back into the office space so making that more welcoming and kind of bringing that element of home Mm -hmm into a corporate space was something really unique, but it taught me a lot too, because the square footage is so much larger. You're thinking about people's you know, work habits, what they seek that will make them feel more comfortable, um, things like that. But I don't discriminate on my projects. I love really building a unique portfolio so that I can accept any projects in the future that I think would be helpful to the client, but also helpful to myself in terms of learning new things right so y'all heard it here (laughs) she can do everything you know what i mean like she can she can take your corporate space she can take your bedroom your bathroom whatever you want but that also just goes to show a point that y'all don't even realize she made just within that is not confining yourself it's recognizing that look you may have stepped into your business may have stepped into your craft with just one goal in mind or one particular avenue that you wanted to kind of highlight but it's nothing like as we said a, a few episodes back being that swiss army knife, just being as versatile as possible just really wanting to make things happen to show people that you know i can dibble over here i can dabble over mm-hmm. here a little bit and ultimately still give you the same experience but something that you highlighted on portfolio okay mm-hmm. so i know all about a portfolio being in grad school you know communicate journalism you know having to do all that work and build things the real and everything shout out to my cohort because that was not the easiest thing <laughs> we know that but And just thinking about that portfolio, would you say that with design, with what you're doing, are you building that portfolio for a particular thing to get to a particular place or stage to be able to present that to people? Are you just doing that for you and homebody? Are you doing this because you you see bigger and better for you? I mean, obviously you see bigger and better for yourself, but are you doing this to give yourself some sort of, because I, I guess I'll kind of put it in perspective. So for us, we build the reels in school and everything like that for so that when we go to apply for jobs, people will kind of know what we can do, our expertise. Sure. It's almost like our resume, yes. but you can physically see it. So with you, are you kind of keeping, obviously you've branded yourself. You say year two in business, which is amazing one. I love the number two. It's a great number. But with <laughs> with thinking about that, with thinking about what you're doing, are you building this to, to get to a certain point to be able to present this to this? Are you building this just so that when people maybe try to challenge you or throw something out there, you say, hey, the work speaks for itself? Or is this just a Maria thing? Or are you thinking of a bigger, better picture behind this? I touched slightly on it a few minutes ago, but I think it's a combination of two things. I have recently identified the fact that I love taking my past of fashion design and marrying it to interior design. So getting inspiration from both and allowing them to impact each other. Um, For example, I just did a home show in Philadelphia and I found a way to incorporate my outfit with the decor. And that was something that I think was unique for showgoers. They were like, oh my gosh, your headband literally matches this chair. (laughs) I mean like, and I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, I'm gonna coordinate with the decor. But I think that's something unique. And I'm trying to find that for myself because 
interior design is a really saturated place of work and it's a really saturated market. So if I can use my background as a kind of a little edge, that's something I want to pursue to make me unique. So I'd say that's one part of your answer. The second is also finding a design aesthetic that people seek me for. So not only helping them fulfill their vision, but also knowing that they've seen my work and that's something they would love to have in their home, not just strictly what they want in their home. It's almost like a an aesthetic and a feel in their space that they want to pursue. Sure. It's kind of interesting that you say that aesthetic and that feel that can be attributed to you because something I noticed when I started working at WeWork was the aesthetic that they carry or just that brand. Pretty much you go into any building and it's just a it's just a look and yes. quote unquote. It's just sense you can tell like, you know, when I we're in a nineteenth floor building. WeWork owns three floors across those 19 floors. You can see a clear-cut difference in the three WeWork floors versus what's above us and what's below us. And you know that's no shade, but you go above us, it looks a little old. Like, you go below <laughs> us, it looks it looks kind of crazy. Like, it's not really a place that you would want to go. But like you said, that aesthetic, that appeal, to be able to attribute that to someone or something, that's very mm-hmm. important. So I'm glad that you kind of said saturated. So I'm going to save that for, for what I'm kinda, I kind of want to get into. Okay, but sure. what I've also kind of thought about is you've, you've mentioned a couple times now just being able to make that transition from fashion to mm-hmm. interior. Mm-hmm. What would you say was the biggest eye-opening thing for you? Because obviously, you know, you had such a passion for fashion. Yes. Ooh, passion that for sounds fashion. like... That might, <laughs> hey, hey. That might be the episode name, y'all. Passion <laughs> for fashion. But um, you, had, you obviously had such a passion for yeah. fashion. I'm going to say it again. But being able to make that switch, but being able to still make that switch and immerse yourself into that and love what you do and go for that. What was really, what was eye opening to you? What are some things that you may have been able to easily do with fashion that for interior design, you had to say, okay, well, I may have to take a step back from this. I may have to reflect a little bit before I just, you know, what's, what's some of the biggest differences between doing the fashion versus the interior? To your surprise, it has nothing to do with the actual type of design. It comes down to self-discipline being a business owner. So before I was working for companies that I was an employee of, I had a team supporting me in everything that I was doing. But now being that it's just me, I have my hands in so many different things, scheduling deliveries, designing, managing multiple projects at once, sending invoices, like all of these things that I had a team helping me with before. Now it's all me. And that you have to really be true to yourself and say, okay, your schedule is up to you. Your job is completely up to you. How are you going to make it happen? So that's something that in the beginning, it was fun because it was only me and I could do whatever I wanted. But that doesn't necessarily help you in the long run. That's something that you're going to have to work on and be self-disciplined in doing if you want the success that you see for yourself. Gotcha. Wow. I think I honestly, and I honestly think you make a great point just about what comes with being a business owner and entrepreneur. It's not, you know, I tell people all the time that eventually my, my goal for this is to be a full-time podcaster, wake up. Oh, if I want to do an interview today, we can do an interview today. If I don't, (laughs) and I want to just go travel, let's just go travel, you know, or do things like that. But I think with that lifestyle, with adopting that, Mm -hmm. it comes, like you said, that self-discipline, that self-reflection, just being able to recognize that at one point you were 
we're going to say conditioned in a sense. When you work a nine to five, I feel like it conditions you. You know, you have to be up by a certain time. Yeah. You know, you got to be at that job by a certain time to clock in to get your paycheck at the same time. You know, but when being a business owner, when you set your own schedule, when you do whatever you want to do, it's like, well, I could hit snooze or mm-hmm. just, you know, lay back a little bit and chill. So, but when there's work to be done, when there's things to happen, when there's moves to be made, because being a, being a business owner, being an entrepreneur, you don't realize that a lot of times you have to do so much behind the scenes that yeah. whereas with a, with a nine to five, like you, you come in, you may have a set day, you may have a set schedule, you may have set things that you have to do. A nine of, uh, of being a business owner, an entrepreneur, or branding yourself, a lot of that you have to set yourself mm-hmm. and be on your own. And, and if you don't set it, it's free time in a sense, it's free to, you know, to do whatever you want, but yeah. eventually that free time is going to run out because bills always come. Yeah. The first was not too long ago. Rent was due. You know what I mean? So that <laughs> rent is not trying to hear that. You know, I didn't set any interviews. Right. I, you know, just give me a couple of days. Yeah, no absolutely. rent. They got to be paid right now first, you know? So, but the fact that, you know, you recognize that the biggest thing wasn't really the expertise, the knowledge, the really what no. it was. It was about you sitting internally. So now let's get to the saturated part. <laughs> I love when people bring up the idea of a saturated industry. One, because I feel like almost every industry out there is saturated, especially now with this idea of remote work, this idea of hybrid work, this idea mm-hmm. of, I feel like now we, we have never saw so many business owners, so many entrepreneurs, so many people just branding themselves and starting themselves and moving in that direction. But I'm also a very big believer in no matter how saturated something is, you're you. Mm-hmm. Maria is Maria. Homebody is homebody. There's right. not another touch or, spe- like you said, it's a specific touch and niche that you have that right. when people come and consult with you, they're going to get a vibe like unlike any other. So what was really your mindset going into a saturated industry, recognizing that, yes, you you love this through and through. You, mm-hmm. You're going to make this happen. You're going to get right. But there's also still that thought of you're a logical individual. You're recognizing <laughs> that, you know, you're stepping into an industry where some people are already established. Some mm-hmm. people are already making things happen. Some people are household names and things like Absolutely. that. And you're kind of just trying to find your way and fit in. So what was that? What what kind of approach did you take really going into an industry like that? If you even took one, you may have really just went in there and just said, I'm going to be Maria. I'm going to do what I got to do and make it happen regardless. Or you may have kind of been strategic about what you did. What was that really like for you? I was not strategic. <laughs> and I, I love planning and I love having a plan. And I think that's what kept me from leaving the fashion industry for so long because I was so obsessed with, well, what is my next step? But I just went for it. And I think that was almost like creative liberty that allowed for me to feel like everything that I do is up to me and everything that I do is my own footprint, which was a great refreshing feeling for me um, in this industry. But you basically already said it. I am using my personality and my yearning for interacting with individuals and making their life at home better. That's where I got homebody from. I want people to enjoy and love home. And it came from the unfortunate times of COVID, everyone being in their home, not really having anywhere else to go. And I was fortunate enough to use my family's home as a project. So in the midst of the craziness that's happening in the world and us all spending time together, I actually remember sitting on the couch with my family and being like, wow, I'm so glad I did this. Like, this is a place where we love to be. So I wanted to kind of bring that to everybody else in the best way that I could. So my goal is for everyone to channel their inner homebody after I help them with the design of their home. So a mix between my personality and wanting to truly help people, but also giving them 
that love of their space. Personality and vibe is so important. I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, you can you can deal with so many different companies. You can come on so many different podcasts and have a very different experience each time. You know, you can come on a podcast, not really enjoy it, feel like the host was dull or whatever. And, you you know, that could change your outlook on podcasts in general. You can come on a down to business podcast, though, and we're going to give it to you. You know, we're going we gonna to make it happen. We're going to, you know, now I'm gonna stop. But, no, I, I definitely do think that point about just you being you, you being personable, how you approach things, how you step into business, that's a that's a very good indicator of what it's like. You know, mm-hmm. of what it, somebody could really solely love you, return to you, vouch for you, send other people to you just because of how of how you talked to them, mm-hmm. of how you made that experience, of how it felt like they weren't just buying something, right. taking something from you. But if you're somebody who is just going to be, sometimes people are just by the book. They're just going to make that yes. sale. They're just going to make things happen. And for you, that could leave a bad taste in your mouth. Definitely. Some people like that. You know, some people just want the clear and cut, straight, concise. Okay, cool. Nothing wrong with that. But some people <laughs> also want that personable aspect. Hey, hey how, how are you doing today? How was your day? You know, right. asking, getting to know a little bit about you. But I can, I feel like there's also a grain of salt with that. Mm-hmm. Some people can do that just because they feel like being personable may just be the right thing. Or let's just make some small talk to make me, to make you feel like I care about you. But the fact, right. you know, from you, I really hear that. Being only being two years in business, I hear the passion behind. I hear that you know eventually you really want this to be something, mm-hmm. and not just want it to be. It will be something, you know, because the fact that you were able to to do this now, to curate this vibe now, to yeah. even step into corporate spaces and do different things like that, I think that that's amazing. And mm-hmm. I think that you know the fact that you st- stepped from one industry to another, I think that's even more amazing. So, homebody, it's spelled H O M B O D I, right? Mm-hmm. Why the I? think that touches on your last question I wanted to differentiate myself but also allow for people to like identify with what I was saying not to be cliche with the I but I feel like that's something that obviously when you think of homebody you're thinking of being in your home but then I want you to think about yourself in that which is I right Mm -hmm. so I love being at home or I love to host, whether you are a homebody and love being at home or you love welcoming people into your space, you want them to feel, as you were saying, your vibe, your your personality, who you are in your space. And I think opening up your home can be a vulnerable thing, but at the same time, it can be uplifting and exciting to the people that you bring into that space. So I would say that, it's kind of a combination of two there. I would say allowing people to understand what my brand is about, but also them seeing themselves in the brand name. Seeing is believing. Most definitely. <laughs> so I love that. I'm, I'm big on names. So I'm going to, the the I was just something that stuck out to me from when Mike sent me the website to when I went through it. I said, there has to be something behind this. I don't, I don't think it's just a vowel <laughs> thing. I don't think it's just a spelling thing. I think this is something intentional. And you know, you when, you, right. when you have your gut, you just you just stick with the gut, people. So, but no, I I really do love that. I really do enjoy that because it, it adds yet again another personal aspect. So, obviously, you're based up north. Yes. Obviously, you know, with interior designers, always good to be able to see the see the space to be able to physically visualize different things like that. Mm-hmm. I know that with the podcast, we've reached an extensive network here. You've reached an extensive network and everything like that. Can you also just walk me through what the process is like for people who may not be face to face? What are what does a virtual consultation look like for you? How can somebody ensure that meeting with you over Zoom or meeting with you via you know camera, FaceTime, however you do mm-hmm. that? How can somebody ensure that they're still getting the same 
quality of work and then quality of expertise as they would as if you actually came to their home? So that's a great question because I think, again, not to use this as a fallback on my company, but I think there were really hard times with COVID, but also there were a lot of silver linings if you looked for them. Um, And that's something that has really widened the horizons of the people I can reach with my business. So um, I actually did a project in Delray um, last year. It's it wrapped up about a month ago. So that's been exciting. Again, someone I wouldn't normally be able to interact with, but expanding my portfolio and reaching these people has been fun for me. Now to the process, I love to ask people what they love most about their home, how they would like to maximize the potential of their space, and where do they see me helping them? Like, what is, what are they missing? Um, and from that, I really break down the process and stages. So after the first call, I'll then ask them to send me pictures of the space they would like to have updated, have measurements taken of that space. And then I will build a floor plan, a digital 3D model. I will source furnishings. And as we start to collect all of these pieces of information to build out the vision and the design of the room, I'm able to give them a complete 3D digital model of the space before we proceed with any ordering of furniture, painting, contractors, anything like that. And I think that actually gives the client a form of confidence of what they can expect because a lot of times that's a big investment in your home and that's a lot of money to be putting towards something and not know what it's going to look like if you're not a visual person. So I think that's something that I've had great feedback about and something that I'm going to continue to do, obviously in person, but definitely virtual. Sure. And I think the fact that you can have a virtual and in-person aspect of a business is is so so important. You know, I think about even with the podcast, the in-person aspect, me and you right here, but I also mm-hmm. think about how our virtual presence means just as much how, you know, I'm going to give you a great interview regardless, but I think about, you know, the in-person aspect and just what you're able to do and how tangible things can get versus sometimes how, you know, with a virtual one, you may have to add a little extra oomph to make sure that the people really feel it or make sure that they feel like, you know, you're across from one another. So the fact that, you know, even with people who may be talking to you via camera, maybe talking to mm-hmm. you via, you know, FaceTime or anything like that, the fact that they can still get that full home body experience. I see what we did there. But um, I, I love that just because, some, like I said, sometimes you can lose that touch or it can feel like it's not as genuine or it can feel like Definitely. they're really just trying to tell you, sell you something or tap in or, or do that from there. So with interior design, I wouldn't say I'm very knowledgeable on it. I would say that it's very beautiful. I would say that even in going <laughs> through the website and just my Pinterest searches and just even when I get in, in those YouTube dark holes and everything, you can find some very dope things out there Absolutely. and everything like that. But what are the misconceptions? I feel like, you know, has, has somebody ever come to you thinking you you kind of do one thing or can do one thing and that's really not true? Have you ever had to really kind of hmm. push people in a different direction? Are there things that kind of people come to you or even may even speak of or speak about and it really may not be true? Or even, like you said, even the difference between being in fashion versus interior, it's not really about necessarily what they are, but more so about the person. So sure. do you feel like there's anything kind of out there that between myths, stereotypes, anything like that, that you've kind of had to combat a little bit or you even had to kind of deal with, with being a business? Well, I can say that no project has been 
unapproachable or impossible. So that's something that I've learned, again, in a very short time. Not necessarily with the interaction of people, but very unique projects. Like, can you turn my walk-in closet into an at-home office? I've never had that question asked to me until I got into this business. But yeah, we made it possible. And obviously, with the world of working from home, that's something that I'm sure this client never thought they would have to do. But I think it's really finding the potential in these smaller spaces and getting really creative and almost like a challenge because, believe it or not, the smaller projects to me, I have to think harder and smarter about because everything has to be so purposeful where larger homes or full home projects, um, usually space isn't the obstacle. Um, it's more about the style or the end use of the client. So for apartments or for smaller spaces and like this example of the walk-in closet, I loved like really flexing that muscle of, okay, we need storage. We need functionality, but we need everything to be organized and leave a sense of focus for the person working in that space. So really, I would say for that question, I, I think it's really that I shouldn't think that any project is below me because there's something that I can learn from it and that my clients can kind of embrace the design of their home no matter what the space is. I think that's that's a very mature perspective I, because, you know, I, I think about it within any industry. Depending on where you are in said industry, you can mm -hmm. feel as if things are below you. You mm -hmm. can feel as if, you know, I'm just not going to put my time and effort towards that. But the fact that, you know, you think about it from a, a learning perspective, I think that that's interesting. Even if, you know, it may not be something where you necessarily took home the money you may have wanted to take home, or it may not even necessarily be something that you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. The fact that you were able to come out of it with knowledge, mm -hmm. the fact that that's important to you, just the same. Uh, I love that. And I love the fact that, you know, that will continue to propel you with anything that you do, you know, because if you keep that attitude and perspective as you move through, I love that. Even with the podcast, I think about there will never be a person who reaches out to me that I won't talk to. I don't care how big I get. I don't care <laughs> where this is at. I can be on. I was talking to y'all about Family Feud earlier, how much I just love Steve Harvey. We could be on on our own show. I, I want to talk to every beloved Steve. Hey, Steve. Steve. <laughs> Steve. Steve. I love you, Steve. I'm, I'm going to just be very real. It's not even about the fraternity. It's not about any... This the family. I'm your man, Steve. Steve. I give you an intro every night, bro. When we watch, I got Family Feud recorded on YouTube. TV oh my right gosh, now. I love it. But I think that that was just my little oath to Steve. But you should go on Family Feud. Honestly. I want to. We can, we can all go. We don't even have to really be related, but we can just go. Like Mike, you, me. I feel like y'all are very knowledgeable you know, about everything. So, But I think the fact that you approach it from that knowledge, from just from that point of thinking just from that mindset just with going into that that will take you so much further than if you were just thinking about money or if you were just looking for certain because i will i'll be the first to admit that i felt like at a certain point in my podcast journey i had to interview specific people mm -hmm. i was so focused on going viral or just that one hit wonder or just wanting to be you know wanting to get those numbers that mm -hmm. i wasn't realizing that i'm passing up people that are directly in front of me i'm passing up people who have a story to tell i'm passing up mm -hmm. people who are passionate about what they do and ultimately if i came into this about passion, about wanting to give exposure to everyone. Who am I to say that that person is, is below me or that mm -hmm. job is below, you know, or Definitely. anything. So the fact that, you know, you have that, and especially with being 
experience. You're not a month in. You're not two months in. You're two years in. That's, mm-hmm. that's 24 months, if y'all don't know. You know what I mean? So it's just like you've, you've gone through some things. You've seen some things. You have to talk to some people. You've had to go back to the drawing board. You probably had some frustrations. You've had some late nights. You mm-hmm. probably had Mike stressing a little bit. Whatever the case may be. <laughs> like, you know, it just it happens. It comes with the territory. But Definitely. the fact that nonetheless, you're still trying to learn. You're still trying to gain something from it. And you still look to gain something from it. I love that. So I went through the website. I went through, you know, the pictures, the testimonials, the services. I love all of that. But for somebody who may not necessarily know who you are, may not have come across you via social media, may not have had the luxury of acquainting with Mike Piscopo and gotten getting the website early on and everything like that and just seeing everything and had the pleasure of sitting down here at the Down to Business podcast to talk to you. For somebody reaching out to you, for somebody wanting to know a little bit more about what it is that you offer, what it is that they can expect when reaching out to you for a consultation or just your experience sure. what does that look like so in reaching out you can expect to contact me on my contact form on my website and that actually will guide you to a form which you can tell me more about your style the way you want your home to feel what rooms you're interested in um, seeking for my services and that not only is to help you think about and identify those questions that you may have not already asked yourself, but also for me to get insight to the things that are important to you about your space and what I can prepare prior to our first call. Um, in terms of the services specifically, I offer um, the floor plans that I mentioned before, a hour design consultation to make sure that we are making the space fully reflect you, fully be functional, um, and that I can do my job properly. And also the 3D interior model. Like I said, you get a full view of what you will see your space as before we execute any of it. And sourcing all furnishings to make that design come to life. So that's really a full service from start to finish where the client does not need to stress or really feel like they're extending themselves. They can fully invest in me knowing that I'm going to help them and that if anything comes up that they're unsure of, that I will take care of it. Okay. So there you go. Hey, look, we just got the homebody experience. Hone in, <laughs> hone in on homebody. That could be another uh, oh, wow. I episode like that title. One. See, like, I just be thinking, I just be, you know, it's, it's Mike in the room. The juices just, are flowing. I'm just, you know, I'm here. I, I had to bring my A game today. But, all right. So something I heard you mention, too, was yes. also the sourcing, was also getting. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, when you present things to people, when you give them the final look, well, this all has to come from somewhere. You know, this Definitely. is not just, we're not just pulling things. It's not the Sims. It's not just going to pop in. Um, how? How is that process like for you? Obviously, I'm like I said, I have no expertise when it comes to interior design. These but are great questions. When it comes to when it comes to being able to execute a vision, when it comes to being able to bring something to life for somebody, have you had to reach out to people for partnerships? Have you had to outsource to people or do interior designs have like a handbook that they can just kind of go to and pull from? Do you got like what is that like for you? Did you really have to get all this from scratch? How did you build that? So in learning the ropes of interior design, I found it would be most helpful for my clients if I could give them an incentive when it comes to sourcing the furnishings. So instead of them walking into a West Elm, a Pottery Barn, a Restoration Hardware, and just picking out the furniture themselves, which is overwhelming to begin with, um, I could also offer them a trade discount, which is something that 
I think is adding another layer of value to my service. So when working with me, I really take pride in that because I know that not only am I offering my service, but that's something that can be more attractive to some clients opposed to others. Um, but yes, that was something that I had to reach out to all of these different furniture companies saying, this is my business. I would love to um, use your furniture and supply it to my client and really create almost like a library of different furniture brands that I was happy to use. Okay. And based on the, comp uh, the company's style of furniture and the client's desired style of their home, then I will know what furniture okay. to use. Yeah. Okay. But that also just goes to show, you know, a lot of the behind the scenes, mm -hmm. work, a lot of what, you know, you got on here and you really talked about what you do and the vibe you curate and how you help people. But there's a lot of things that, you know, when y'all get off these consultations, when they give you their vision, oh, you got to go get the work. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we're not just, this is not just, you know, hey, write everything down, get everything. Next morning you wake up, it's all going to be there. You know, you have to reach out to Definitely. people. You have to maintain relationships. You have to build before you have to show that you're trustworthy because like you said, reaching out to these companies, these West Elm, these mm -hmm. Pottery and Bar, these are, hey, look, y'all. Furniture is expensive, bro. Not going to lie to you. Like, as somebody who just moved into a new spot recently and we're trying to get it all, you know, like the presidential condo and all, as we call it, it's expensive, though. Like, whether you're using a firm, whether you're using your, your paying fours, whatever, it's expensive. But the fact that, you know, you, you've, one, you've reached out to these companies, you, you've established yourself enough to be able to reach out to mm -hmm. these companies. But, two, you have to maintain that. When you get these partnerships, when you get people who are trusting you and your product and your service and you're promoting them, you have to maintain that. Because one 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 bad interaction or mm -hmm. one, you know, the money that or the check don't clear or something don't happen, that can be it for you. Mm -hmm. And that can also affect, you know, home buy, that can affect customers, that can affect yes, money, that can sure. affect, you know, it can have a long-term um, effect almost, like a trickle like a trickle down, you know, because bills have to be paid, y'all. You don't realize that. But <laughs> I think the fact that you've, one, established yourself. I think the fact that I, I really hear, like I said, just the, just the love for what you do, just the, but I also hear the intelligence behind that. I also hear that, you know, this wasn't just something that you woke up one day and said, I'm going to just do it. It may have been that, but it was also that you knew what came behind it. You mm -hmm. knew that you were going to have to put in the work. You knew that yeah. even after you got off the phone, even after you did the marketing, even after you did whatever you had to do, that you still had to put in work. You still mm -hmm. had to go do some research. And I'm sure that you you still spend hours to this day making things happen, outsourcing, doing things, especially for virtual clients. As mm -hmm. we spoke about, as we spoke, that it's not just easy to, you know, I can pull up to your house, make things happen, do this, do this here. But if you're across the, you know, across the United States somewhere, I still have to give you that same experience. I still have to give you that same vibe as, if I'm, as if I'm right in front of you. So something I'm very big on here is I love teasers. I love just, you know, being able to pull things out of people. I feel like you've given us a lot today. You've given <laughs> us a lot of insight into the interior design industry. But I'm also very curious as to what you're thinking about, what's going through your head, what you're moving towards, what projects you have and everything. So for what you can disclose, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to tap into anything that you're not ready to expose. But for the people, I know we're going to have a lot of newcomers. I know that people are very sure. curious about this, you know, about just what you do or about maybe even getting into the industry or maybe even utilizing your services. Mm -hmm. What does Homebody look like as we move through the year? We're very early into the year, still in Q1, still making things happen. But what are you really thinking about as far as goals, as far as projects that you're taking on, as far as things that you may even want to adopt to be able to add to your services and products list? Yes. So one thing that has been heavily weighing on me in the I know I know it's a good sign um but I I'm realizing that as I acquire different clients and work on different projects that 
as much as I would love to do it all because I, that is a fault of mine. I don't like asking for help transparently and it actually could hurt me in the end. But I think it's something that will help me grow and I definitely want to grow this business and I see great things for this business. Um, but that's something that I had to become real with myself in saying, okay, this is my goal. I'm going to have to identify the time that I would need to hire someone or that I would need help or that I could delegate my work. That's more, again, like we had touched on so much, the background and the behind the scenes of the business. So I can double down on my strength of the design and the creativity portion. So that's something that continuously comes up in my mind. I've yet to address it, but I think it's something as I continue to get new clients and grow and get more exposure that I will need to be real with myself and say, okay, this is time. Like, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. I have a question for you. Oh, (laughs) that's my favorite y'all. You know, I love questions. Talk to me. Okay. So obviously we can have a, um, what would you say? We have a similar understanding of owning your own business and pursuing a passion. Sure. If you had to say for anyone that wants to do that or loves the idea of that but isn't sure how to execute on it, what they should do first, what do you think is the best advice you would give? That's a good one, y'all. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I would say, honestly, just putting <laughs> – the, oh, I love being put on the spot, but I will honestly just saying the ball is in your court at that point. So mm-hmm. making what you feel to be the best decision, there's never going to be for, I feel like you talk to any business owner, any entrepreneur, any creative, anybody who's really doing something that they love or that they're passionate about. There's really no blueprint to it. Yes. No. There are things that you can do right. There are things that you can do wrong, but essentially everybody's journey is different. You know, for me too, I feel like a lot of times when I came into this podcast journey, um, being that I didn't really have a lot of people to consult with, meaning I didn't know a lot of people doing podcasts. I didn't listen to podcasts as myself. So why did I start a podcast as not listening to podcasts? I don't know, y'all. But that's also just goes to show you there's really no, you know, you don't have to just be this true expert in everything. Because even the podcast that I listen to now, the I Am Athletes, the Million Dollars Worth of Game, the Joe Buttons, the sports, anything like that, they're still learning. They're still improving. They're still, you know, they're making mistakes just the same. So for me, it was just like, I feel like I was waiting too much on the back burner. I feel like I was just waiting for that perfect moment or just for everything to really, every all my eggs to be in a row when, you know, sometimes you got to find the eggs along the way. Sometimes it's an Easter egg, huh? You know, sometimes you got to, <laughs> you got to make some, you got to find things along the way. But for me, it's just like, if you don't make that decision, if you don't make that start, then you'll never know what you need to improve on. If you're so, I, I think about all the time how I was so worried about everything just being perfect. I wanted everything to really line up. I wanted all my content to just be mapped out. I wanted everything to just make sense. I wanted to have scheduling posting dates. I wanted to do this, to do that. It sounds very good. Just be real with yourself, though. I wake up every day like tomorrow. No, you're not that guy. Like, you you know you're not going to schedule a post on Instagram for five today. You know you're going to wait till the last minute to export it, and you're going to be posting at seven. So it was just like for me, like, have a reality check with yourself mm-hmm. and really recognize that, you know, there. The, the longer you wait for that perfect moment, the longer you wait for things to line up, you're just wasting time. I think about if I would have been on YouTube two years ago, like people said, where I could be now. And the fact that I'm, you know, slowly working towards my monetizing journey, but where could I be along that now? Mm-hmm. I think about how, you know, for me now starting, it seems a bit unrealistic or it seems about a little unfair. I actually did a YouTube survey the other day. 
and I let them have it. You know, I let them hear it, that I don't feel like y'all are giving monetization opportunities for everybody equally. Mm-hmm. But I also had to be fair and think, well, what if I'd have been doing this two years ago? What if I thought about my following from then? Mm-hmm. So for me, I think about any industry that you're in. And obviously, I can only speak to the podcasting and just what I do now. But I think about just the host of 130 plus people who I've talked to, and they've all given me the same centralized theme. Make it happen. Just do it. Just start it. Because you're always going to have to improve, even when Homebody is a household name. Because mm-hmm. it will be. It will be. I agree. Mike is just going to have to deal with that. You know what I mean? You're going to be traveling here and there. You might be back in Tampa before you know. <laughs> oh, I'm coming back. You know back. what I mean? I'm coming back. You're definitely coming back. But even when you're where you want to be, you're still going to make mistakes. You're still going to have to improve. Think about any household name out there. Right. You mess up Amazon, Walmart, Target, anybody. We work. Sorry, y'all. I love y'all. But we, you know, everybody makes mistakes or everybody has things that they have to improve mm-hmm. upon and do. But if you never really start, if you never really make that mm-hmm. stride, how do you know? How do you, you, because something I also think about, and I've brought it up on multiple podcasts, if you drop something at 100%, if you feel like you, if you feel like this was everything that you wanted, how do you improve from that? What does 101% look like? What does 102% look like? And if it took you that long to get to 100, well, when's the next time you're going to drop 101? And if you go anything below that, you've already set an expectation, set a precedent for people that if you come with anything weaker, well, that's weak. Like, what you doing? Like, you know what I mean? So for me, it was just about really recognizing that you have to start. And that was with, I really adopted that. And that's why I have a TikTok now, because y'all know I don't do TikTok. And I've been preaching that since episode one. But I'm on TikTok now, y'all. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn now with a down a bit. Come on now. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. But I'm on LinkedIn now with a down the business page. I'm on YouTube now just giving more. I'm, I'm doing recaps. I'm doing everything like that because there is no, you know, there is no just, hey, you walk to success. And if you do everything the right way, you're going to make it happen. No, it, it looks like this. You're going to trip a little bit. You're going to hit a cone. Mm-hmm. You're going to move potholes. We from Philly. You know how that looks. But, you know, it's it's all of that that, that encompasses it. But the more you begin to appreciate that journey, the more mm-hmm. you really begin to tap in with yourself and just be real with yourself. Yes. The better it'll be. So I tell people to to some extent, no matter what you do, nine to five, business owner, entrepreneur, creative, what you love, homebody, make a start. Just make something. Make that, you know, make that stride so that you can look back on it. Because I look back now on my first episode. I look back now on the video that my little brother recorded. Shout out my little brother. That video was horrible. You know, I looking back on me now and thinking about the content that I released, I would have never had him in my basement behind my bathroom with the glass all messed up behind my ear and just recording it. But at that moment, I just felt like, hey, Makai, come down here, record this. And we did it in two takes. Like, he'll tell you I messed up the first time, messed up bad. And then we did the second one. But for me, that was my start. That was to be able to, you know, be able to hone in on that, rebound, and do better. So I feel like with whatever, you just need that start. You know, because for you, like you said, you started even in a totally different industry in a sense. Mm -hmm. But you recognize even with shifting, it wasn't about the knowledge. It wasn't about that. It was about you. And it was about the perspective. Mm-hmm. It was about the attitude that you had. It was about, hey, I can get fashion. I know that like the back of my hand. You know, I'm going to dress you. I'm going to put on the good clothes. I'm going to mm-hmm. look good. But now I'm putting that in your house. And I want you to make sure that you still get the same experience that if I dressed you versus if I dressed your house now. Because essentially, you're just dressing the house. Yeah. I think that's how I we said. should look at it. Should, yeah, you got it. That's great. You should dress your home like you dress yourself. That's, that's literally... I, that's why I like taking inspiration from fashion. It's an episode title, y'all. Look, we got a lot of episode titles. Here. We might just make this one long, continuous <laughs> title. You know what I mean? Passion I, for fashion. I can't remember the second one I said, but dress your house as you would dress yourself. Yeah, I love that's that really a lot. Great. But no, I ultimately think that you just have to make a decision. But you in do. that decision, be realistic. I'm, I'm a very 
logical person. I, and, I, and I feel like, you know, that that has taken me a long way, but I also can appreciate perspective. I can mm-hmm. appreciate that it's not always my way or the highway. I'm not going to know everything. I'm not going to do everything the right way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to, you know, have to rebound. I'm going to have, there's some episodes that I listen back on or some content that I've released or some edits that I've done. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> not proud of that, but I love, but you know, I'm, I'm going to be proud of that because the Tamar did that. You know can I, mean? I tell you something? Absolutely. I, this is my theory about life, but I think it can apply to business as well. No matter what you experience in life, no matter who you encounter, no matter who you date, no matter who your friend, any of it, it will be either a lesson or a blessing. Or a blessing. Come on now. So I think that can happen with work. Like in any case, mm-hmm. you can be working for a company that you don't like but there's so many things that you're gonna know okay if I do start my own business I don't want to do this I don't want to have this type of culture I don't want to have this type of process you're learning a lesson from that even though it's not the most fun or you pursue a business and you're excited about it and you know that there's a blessing in that but there are also lots of lessons so that's something that I tell myself a lot because you're you can't control how you, or I'm sorry, who you interact with and how those things affect you, but your perspective you can control. Absolutely. Lesson or a blessing, y'all. So (laughs) I feel like, you know, we've touched on so many important things here. I feel like you've given us a lot of game. You've taught me some things. There even been some, you know, call to actions here, just in in, in asking people to be introspective and asking people to think about what they do, what they're Mm -hmm. passionate about, what they love to do, where they're at in their journey. But I also feel like, with, within this interview, within this episode, there are going to be a plethora of people who may want to pick your brain, mm-hmm. may want to know a little bit more, may also be into interior design and just kind of want to see what you have going on. So sure. what would you, when it comes to social media, when it comes to the best places to reach you, website, anything like that, I need, I need you to give everything for the people. Okay, everything. so I would say for questions and ways to pick my brain about any projects that you're interested in or any even obstacles that you're having within designing your own home, I say Instagram is the best place to reach me, which is at Homebody Designs on Instagram. And for inquiries or even some more in-depth um, questions or advice, you can go on my website and reach me through my email, which is Maria Lee at homebodydesigns.com. All right, y'all. So look, We've heard it today, man. We've we've definitely heard how pivoting is okay, but we've also heard how it with that pivot, it's all about that perspective. So we pivot with perspective. <laughs> we did it again, y'all. But I, I also think it's very important that you know it's it's still good to have that starting point to just mm-hmm. recognize that you know you you have to do something, you have to establish it. The foundation cannot be built until you say, hey. This is it. Like you sticking that fork in the ground, you sticking that stake in the ground and really making it happen. I feel like with Maria, you know, she may have done that. She may have done that, whether it be with fashion and then kind of pivoted over to interior, but still made it happen. But nonetheless, even with the lessons, even with the blessings, even with the learning experiences, even with everything along the way, she's still excelling and propelling forward for her business and what's to happen. So she's already given y'all an insight as to what to expect for the future, as to what to, you know, look forward to. But she's also given you you know, some current, just what's going on, just even there's some things that she can help you with from the simplified perspective. So I love that. So one, 
Thank you. Thank I, I definitely you. do appreciate y'all making history. I appreciate you you getting down here. Keep driving Mike crazy for me, please. Um, keep making it happen because, like we said, you, this is going to be a household name, so you just going to have to deal with it. So we love you, it. Mike. I'm sorry, but you know this is going to be a part of the plan. But nonetheless, wishing all of the success for Homebody for you know whatever we can do from the down the business side just to make Same things to happen you. to offer you know our support and our love. We're locked in now, so it's over. But Last but not certainly not least, I thank you to everybody out there who taps, and I thank you for the audience we got in front of us today. I thank you for everybody who you know reaches out to me, who gives me motivation, who just makes this happen. I thank you to Mike for really thinking about me, for showing love to the podcast, for really making everything happen in that regard. So, this has been another episode of the Down to Business podcast. Here with Tamar Turner.